Being categorized as disabled or handicapped can feel like you're moving forward in reverse. I'm your host, Scott Martin. Join me as I talk with my new friends from this underrepresented community about their views of life through their art, poetry, sport, and writing. Hey, life's a road trip. Hop in. Let's turn on some tunes and go. In the passenger seat of managing the radio on this road trip today is Anessa Powell. Since being diagnosed in 2013 with Addison's disease, Anessa has been dedicated to raising awareness. She began sharing her experiences in 2016 and launched her social media outreach through the former pages of Addison's disease with Grace. In 2019, her speaking platform was launched and AddisonPowell.com was formed. Anessa is known for the energy she brings when speaking to women's groups about fostering community over competition and her compassion in speaking to those living with a disability. Most recently, she was offered diversity inclusion training classes and webinars for businesses and organizations to better serve the disability community in all forms. Hi, Anessa. Hi, how are you, Scott? I'm doing well. We've got uh, temperatures. Uh, Sue and I, my wife, we're, we're just out bopping around town and running some errands and uh, three degrees. So <laughs> central Wisconsin, <laughs> it'd be cold today. So you're a there, better person than me. That's why I'm in the South. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was going to say you're you're in Charlotte, North yes. Carolina. It's such beautiful country. I, I've been over there a couple of times. I mean, Wow. Yeah, we love it. We love the city. We love the area. We love being three hours from the beach and two hours from the mountains. I was going to say, because I Googled (laughs) up. All right. So this lady thinks that she loves to go to the beach, but isn't Charlotte about three hours or so from the Atlantic? It is. Um, How often do you get over there? Well, it's funny, and, and and people laugh at me when I tell them, actually, the North Carolina beach is not my favorite. It's the Florida beach is the Gulf. Okay. And that, to me, our family, that's what we love, going down to Anna Maria Island, which is near Sarasota-Bradenton area. Mm-hmm. And we do get down there at least once a year. That's that's our second home. We love that. So every day, I wish I was there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And you guys, I, I did come across a, a shot with you and your husband and, and the two kids. And of course, you're on White Sandy Beach. That's uh, where it was taken. You name that's it. That's thing. right. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, along with your husband and those, two, and those two kids is your business, All Ability Recruiting. Yes. That's based in Charlotte. You're the founder and CEO. Uh, please go ahead and fill us in on All Ability Recruiting. Well, it's a relatively new company, and we're very excited where we are. We're about 16 months down the road. We launched in March of 2022. No, 2021. It's hard to keep up. Things just fly when you get older. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's been a it's been a wonderful organic growth and ride as the name is starting to get out and people are starting to understand what disability employment is and the awareness right. that goes along with that. But it was launched out of a pure passion for me, of just for those with disabilities, especially those with invisible disabilities, such as myself, and we'll get to that later, mm. um, of just what that means when you have gaps in your resume and trying to get okay. back in the workforce and people understanding who you are. So we initially launched as a recruitment firm 
And we quickly learned that businesses want to do the right thing. They just weren't quite sure where to begin. So that's where we created the training piece that we offer that there's four topics that we cover ranging from disability 101 all the way to the culture and basically the bottom line and why people should care about disability employment and what that looks like for their company. And we've had some great success with that and a lot of greater understanding of disability employment and and honestly what disabilities are and, and the way that they can present. Most people are surprised by that, the numbers themselves. Hmm. And then we'd go through these training sessions with our clients and they would say, that was great, but now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do we go? I can imagine. And that's that's where we launched the consulting piece. And so we've had some great opportunity to say, let us really look at your company's life cycle, the whole approach. We call it that soup to nuts approach of your employee. Are you aware of when people go to apply for a job? Is it user friendly? Is it, are you on a timer? You know, you're automatically alienating a particular disability group when you put a timer for someone who's trying to fill out this application. So we kind of look at that. That's very, Mm. just a brief example, but we go through that whole thing of, okay, you have the application to the interview, to the onboarding. Are you supporting them once they get in there? And through that whole thing, we look, um, goodness, at everything ranging from accessibility from the building itself to the website, you know, and just taking a look. And that's been really wonderful because oftentimes, businesses are quite scared and they just don't know what to do. And they're like looking for people to trust. And um, that's why we feel very excited about what our feedback has been from those sessions with our clients and and learning that. So we kind of have three pillars to our, to our company and uh, it's been going well. So is, is one of the areas that the employers bring you in for is that, uh, uh, Hey, could you check us out and see if we're meeting uh, the rules and regulations? for bringing in folks, not just by having numbers, but also, are we doing uh, this right? Are we doing that right? Do we have uh, things set up so we're not going to be getting in trouble from any government um, uh, agencies or anything? That's a great question. You know, we look at it very high level, and that's where we refer people that are a little bit more breadth of knowledge with certain things. Accessibility is so huge right now, especially for websites, because there is a, a component to that where they're trying to be very mindful of not getting fined because their website's mm. not accessible, which is new. And so I will then refer, because we have a great arsenal of references that we can call on and say, look, I need you to call my friend Lori, who owns her accessibility company, and she can really look at it and get into the depth of what we're talking here. But I can just from initially take a look in which we do, Bill and I, we just initially can say, okay, cursory glance yes, you need to change your font. And no, you don't have captions on your videos. And are you, you know, just very high level stuff. And if they say, okay, how can we do better? That's when we call in other people as well. Oh, now I get it. Because that's stuff that yeah. you wouldn't necessarily think of. And that's right. what that's where they have you come in and evaluate. So you're looking at it from not just from your eyes, but your eyes as a, as a professional in helping guide them to look at it from the eyes of a disabled person. So everyone's happy. Yes. Okay. 
Yes. And we have candidates that will give us feedback and say, because we have candidates that uh, are from all walks of life and from all disabilities, from you name it. And so they can say to us, look, I, you know, this is not accessible to me or it doesn't fit through a screen reader. So I don't know what it's saying or just Mm. I'm visually impaired in this particular font color. I can't see when it's on on the page. So hearing the feedback from even our candidates itself gives us some great perspective that we can then relay to our to our clients. I'll bet. So I'm on the website right now. And yes. for example, um, the clients come in and they they get a, a, a more of an idea of what they're supposed to be doing. Of course, they're going to be reaching out to you for you to come in and they're paying you to, to give them some direction. What about from the candidate's perspective? I see job seekers mm-hmm. and I will go in right now and I will click on candidates, <laughs> uh, job seekers. And what comes up is current job openings and people can fill out a form and there's a list. Now these, all these jobs happen to be, I've got look at Concord, North Carolina, Winston-Salem, Asheville and Charlotte. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have quite a few on here. They're all North Carolina. Um, Yes. So what percentage do you think that you're set up to help the candidates or the job seekers? And how do you think that weighs towards uh, the clients and the employers? Where's your focus? Great question. Yes. So when we launched the company, it was one of those things, Scott, where we were like, okay, we're going to throw this big net out and we weren't sure what we were going to catch. Right. And it, um, it came from our networks and just people that we knew locally within the North Carolina region. And we were very thankful for our first clients, one of those being a retirement homes community. So, so many of those opportunities are from them, which we're so thankful for. And then we have another, a couple of other clients on there with some other opportunities as well. It just so happens that we have them in the North Carolina area. And however, (laughs) interestingly enough, our candidates are from all over the country that are seeking opportunities. Most of our candidates are wanting remote work. And so we are working very hard to bring on new clients that can offer opportunities across the country. We're in talks with a few companies now that one of them being in California. So we have the opportunity to fill roles wherever um, within the country based upon the candidates that we do have. And if honestly, if you're listening to this and you own a company and you want to do that, call me. There you go. There you go. Because <laughs> I have some amazing candidates out there that are chomping at the bit to honestly work for a company that truly recognizes the gifts that they they can bring to the table. They cool. just might need a slight accommodation. You know, I have one candidate mm-hmm. that she's phenomenal. Her background just blows me away. She does need to work remotely due to some pain and some chronic issues that she has. And she's not great in the morning and full disclosure, that's not something that she's great at working and being Mm -hmm. a strong leader in the morning. But my goodness, by two o'clock, she is rocking it. So if she can have a little, you know, a little lead way from that and say, look, you can get your work done just as long as you get it done. She's going to be an amazing employee for you. And she just wants to have the opportunity to have someone recognize that. So just have such wonderful people out there that just need a chance, truly. How deep are you getting in discussions with these folks? Because it sounds like you're taking them all as individuals and you're pitching for them and letting it be known. My gosh, (laughs) how many hours are you putting into this? Yeah, that's exactly what we do. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> well, when we I, built this company, that was one thing I was very mindful of. I was. I, I, when I said, okay, we're going to do this. And unfortunately, recruiters get a bad name in this, in this industry because they ghost people quite often uh, and it's okay. terrible. Yeah. I was adamant that that is one thing that, that we absolutely will not do. If you send us your information, because we do have a button at the top of that website that says, um, see something, you know, if you see something that doesn't fit your background, send us your resume, you know, something along those lines, I think it says. So you can just send us your general resume, even though we may not have a job posting currently. And we've had a lot of candidates that do that because they're just excited, honestly, to have someone that can talk to them and, and speak to their disability, honestly. And we do. We speak to every single candidate if you're within America. We've had a lot of international people reach out to us. Um, unfortunately, we're just not able, we're not at that capacity yet. We really would love to do international roles in the future. We're getting there. But currently, if you are within America and you send us your information, we talk to every single one and we do treat them as an extension of our family because that's what we believe in. We believe that you are worthy. You have a voice. And let me tell you, I have heard the most incredible stories and you know, it's just Bill and I all the time, we hang up with our candidates and we look at each other and we're like, this is why we're doing what we're doing because people want to feel heard and they want to feel valued. And when you can have an honest conversation with someone about their disability without any stigma, without any judgment, I can't tell you how far that goes. And we always encourage our candidates to be honest with us and tell us how they are feeling and tell us what accommodations they may need, if any. And some of ours don't even need any. Um, and just so I can be their voice. So when I present them to a client and I say, this is this candidate that I have, the background fits very nicely. And let me tell you how amazing they're going to be for you. They may need a slight accommodation, but let me tell you, if I'm already talking with this client, they already know that that might be an opportunity and they are going to be prepared for it because I prepared them accordingly, especially if there's someone that has gone through our training or through our consulting, they know how to do this. So it's, I love having the chance to be a voice for sometimes it's always been a voice that's never been heard. This sounds like something that is so simple. Why didn't, is it being done very (laughs) Very much. It, it sounds, duh. Is there anyone yes. else doing this? Okay, good. Yes. Um, um, I will tell you, yes, there are others out there. Uh, and I there's some that are more technology driven, more of a platform, but we are definitely, and you'll see that all over our website, we're, we're, we come from the people, we come, we're people driven. And that's very important to me. I don't view our candidates as a number. They are people. I can look at them and talk and speak to who they are and the type of, well, honestly, the type of employee that they are desiring to be. Wow. So who's, how are you making your money? Who's paying you? <laughs> Is it, it's gotta be, I, I it's gotta be the employer. Yeah, why not? Um, is, yes. You can't yeah. be doing it just around so the goodness are- of your heart, even though you feel great every day. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's a company. I know. If only that paid the bills, right? Yeah. Um, we are we operate very much like a traditional recruitment firm. So we get a percentage okay. of the salary of when we okay. make a placement. Yes. And then Good. we do from our training and then our consulting as well. Good. Uh, but you know, the, the main thing here, Nessa, I'm picking up is I studied you a little bit, but um, I'm pretty amazed at how much you're giving. I could sense it from how you're speaking that you, 
you give a damn. And uh, <laughs> I, if I had an applause button here, I would be pressing it. Um, oh, thank you. It, it needs to be done. All right. Next question I have for you, though, is what's the incentive for these employers to hire disabled workers? Oh, my goodness. That's a that's a great question. So, you know, when in this day and time, and I feel like sometimes now this word is being over, overused, unfortunately, but in this day and time of diversity, equity, and inclusion, okay. our, our big thing is to our clients and to anybody that has a company that has employees, that when you say that you are committed to true inclusivity or true diversity or anything along those lines, and you're not including the largest minority group in the world, then mm-hmm. you aren't. You are not doing that. And that's something I learned recently. How big yeah. since I got into this. Oh my God. And the money that is that um supports that. That uh why people aren't respecting the disabled community more in that the yes. money that the disabled community puts towards uh, uh buying products and things. So I'm learning a lot from just getting started exactly. on this. Yes. And, and well, and I'm and so glad you are because pe- people like you who are doing stuff like this, like podcasts and doing the information, then the word is starting to spread and people are mm-hmm. starting to understand. And in this time now, finally, I feel like we're finally getting to a place where, where companies are starting to take notice and they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should start talking about this. And wait a minute, you mean one in four people in my company have a disability and I don't even know it? you know, that's, that's the average statistic. And for people to be able to feel comfortable to disclose now and say, yes, I'm one of that one in four is vital to your bottom line, because if they don't feel valued, and this is what's happening now, people are leaving Hmm. and companies are kind of backpedaling, like, wait, wait a minute, what are we missing here? Why, why is this happening? Well, because you haven't created a culture where it's important for them to feel themselves where they feel valued. They're not going to feel like they're going to be overlooked for a promotion because they just told you that they are uh, dealing with a particular condition, you know, you name it. So the numbers are there and the numbers show, and this yes. is what we, sh- what we tell to people is that when you are a company that employs people with disabilities, the favorability factors through the roof, people will, patron a business if they know you employ people with disabilities. I mean, I can give you certain examples throughout the country of companies and businesses that people will go to and they're like, yeah, it's because they're awesome. They support their employees. They support their employers. They're, I mean, they're workers. So yes, the, the time is right for, for people to understand and to learn how to do it properly. Well, one of the things I, I will say is that the disabled community is a very quiet community as well. And I, it, that goes with what you were just saying. You think? Things are changing. I, that's what I've noticed. I, hey, I'm only doing this because I have a, a book that uh, I had uh, two different um, agents not be able to sell because every time they went to publishers, the publishers would say, great story, but Scott needs a, uh, a platform. So, okay, I'm doing this. That's uh, open uh. and honest. That's why I'm doing it. But I've gotten into this now so far that mm. holy cow, um, it is a quiet community. That's what I'm learning. Um, as I'm talking to more people, though, it's really stirring up more inside of me to fight a little bit. I, I grew up in the times of uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, so I'm a rah rah, 
kind of guy. Hey, let's <laughs> let's fight for some rights. And what yeah. I'm hearing from you is, yeah, you go, girl, because that's what you're doing. <laughs> is telling people you need to do this from both sides. You're in the middle, yeah. and you need yeah. to do it from both sides. But being going from there, saying that you're in the middle on, on both sides. Let's be honest about it. what about discrimination. I've been discriminated against in, in jobs. Yeah. I used to coach college soccer at a, a nationally ranked program and stuff. I've been discriminated against ever since I became handicapped. I yeah. see it all the time. It's right. ridiculous. So it is. What? How often do you have to remind employers about you can't be discriminating, and also about he, what are you hearing from um, potential employees about being discriminated against? Yeah. So our candidates tell us these stories all the time, which just, to your yeah. point, just fires me up to no end because okay. they only see the disability. They don't see the person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have an invisible disability, so I have a little bit different perspective, but I, I just, just some of you, just some of these stories will just break your heart. So that yep. part of it just, just reinforces what we do. And then from the client side, you know, I do have the fortune of working with some really incredible people from our clients that are in HR. So they know the right terminology and what they can ask and what they can't ask. And so the beauty of being a recruiter and what I do is that I can talk about their disability to them if I have permission from my candidate and really just have the opportunity to share who they are and just um, any accommodations, like I said, that they may need. Whereas, you know, when you go in for the interview, you're not allowed to ask about a person's disability, honestly. You're only supposed to ask about the accommodations that they may need. And oftentimes, unless you mark that box, yes, I have a disability, those conversations are never had. But, you know, there are lots of people that don't want to disclose because of the discrimination that they have had in the past, which is so incredibly frustrating. And we're trying to change that, you know, one placement at a time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I want to close out talking about all ability. And and first of all, I mentioned to listeners that, of course, there'll be a link to uh, uh, all abilities website on the Life's a Road Trip website. But I want to leave with one thing that's on every single page on your website. Leave no ability Mm -hmm. behind. And you have that trademarked. Uh, Leave no ability behind. Bravo. I I think that says, I hope you're very proud about having that on there because, again, you you give a damn. And uh, (laughs) someone's got to, and it's got to start someplace. So I know every day you probably go home and frustrated at times, but then there are also times when it's, you bet we did something. So absolutely. That, that's great. Thank All right. You. So let's take a slight turn and discuss you as a speaker. And this is talking about your personal website. And that link is going to be on the Life's a Road Trip website as well. Um, <laughs> on there are two short videos. Uh, you're discussing uh, a couple of topics. First of all, before I get into that, Anessa, how the heck are you getting time to do this? Because you care so much about what you're doing with all ability. How are you? Oh yeah, that's right. And you have two kids. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I guess that might be uh, for a personal therapist or something on how the heck you're able to make all of that work, but it sounds like you're making it work. Are you doing much uh, speaking? Uh, anything on that? Or are you just really have to be focused on all ability. 
How much are you able to get out? Well, yes. So the AnessaPowell.com was before AllAbilityRecruiting.com. And that was my way of speaking about my disease and, and living with my condition and just really spreading awareness. But also it grew into this support for others uh, as to how to really manage the road of diagnosis and after diagnosis and all that fun stuff that comes with that. So when people call now to ask me to speak, it's it's definitely for all ability recruiting and talking along the lines of disability inclusion and what that looks like. And I love that. I absolutely do. Because when I see people's faces after I share with them the numbers, like the one in four people and have a disability and the numbers globally and, and what's the largest makeup of the invisible disability population and all of that. I love being able to speak to that. So um, it's definitely morphed over the years as to where my, my path is going. (laughs) Yeah, I I can imagine. It's like going to college with uh, one idea and within the freshman year, you end up switching your major. I've done that. I hear about it all the time. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Well, that's what life is and kind of goes along with the name of the show. Life's a road trip. Um, There you go. One of your short videos, again, is something you must get behind. And the na- uh, title of that video is Women Need a Tribe. I assume that's a topic for your speaking engagements. And the, in that, and people need to go on there and watch it. Even though it's short, you can just tell something's inside of you. You want to just get behind this. So again, the mm-hmm. title of that is Women Need a Tribe. Could you talk about that mm-hmm. little video, please? Sure. And I know like tribe, that word is not as PC as it used to be. So um, please know it was not from a place of misuse. It was just, that was like the buzzword at the time when I filmed that video. It's just mainly having that, that support that what that looks like, you know, when I was diagnosed, it, it was an arduous road to getting diagnosed. But then when I finally was just having that support system that I had from my friends and from my family and my, just my community was so vital to me. And I think the thing that just bothers me most is is for people to feel like they're alone in this world, truly. Mm. And it just, I don't want anyone to feel like they're alone, especially if you are someone that is battling something or someone that has, um, you know, just not an easy, not an easy way to go. And it's something that I want people to know that there are opportunities out there. You just have to find them to find your community. That's great. Again, it shows how much you care. Uh, you're good. <laughs> no, seriously, you're a good person because it comes through and I, everyone's going to be hearing this Thank and you. they're, they're going to get, you're a good person because you care. The second short video is titled, uh, but you don't look sick. Now, in that video, yes. you touch on your disability, which is Addison's disease, which is a rare autoimmune disease. Tell us about Addison's, please, and go into that. Sure. So I did that video, but you don't look sick because it is very personal to me. And I will say, backing up, though, my first introduction into that world was my dad. My dad was in a car crash. He was hit by a drunk driver when I was Ooh. 10 years old and sustained a traumatic brain injury, a TBI. And that was my first introduction into that world of look fine on the outside, but you aren't on the inside. And, you know, my world was forever changed that night of the accident because he was never the same again. And it is not lost on me now, the irony that I too now have an invisible disability with Addison's. 
I was diagnosed 10 years ago, almost to the date, Scott, believe mm. it or not, mm-hmm. uh, with this disease. And it's a rare autoimmune condition. So it falls into two categories, the autoimmune side and then the rare disease side. So my body decided after the birth of my second child, my son, actually my first child, my daughter was born, then my thyroid went out, which is autoimmune, Hashimoto's. And then after my son was born, I started developing all of these weird symptoms and eventually was diagnosed with Addison's in 2013. And that's where my body decided to attack my adrenal glands, which was just so much fun, (laughs) especially when you're someone who doesn't have a science background. I didn't even know I had adrenal glands. So when you find out they no longer work, you're like, what is happening? (laughs) Mm-hmm. But it is a rare disease. It's one in 100,000 people are diagnosed with it. It's very hard to get diagnosed because, as I quickly learned after diagnosis, is that my symptoms for so many years could mean hundreds of different things. But finally, when you put them all together, they figured it out. And essentially, okay. my body went into crisis and I wound up in the hospital. It took them 11 days to finally figure out what was happening with me. And it was a very scary time because I was so sick and, uh, they ran a thousand different tests and finally, finally they figured it out. And I was so very thankful to finally have a name for my suffering for so many years. And my life was forever changed because now with Addison's, you, basically take medicine, which is a steroid to live. And without that medicine, uh, it will be, it will end very quickly for me, sadly. So when you are diagnosed with something rare, you are oftentimes the only person that knows about it, even in a room full of medical professionals. So I threw myself into research. I threw myself into educating myself, went on every board out there on Facebook, you name it and read Mm. just everything and Mm -hmm. soaked it up because I was absolutely determined to have a full life and I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to do it. Okay. That's and what Google is for. It, yeah. Uh, be able to <laughs> research Google. With Google. Put oh my goodness. Yeah. When you, you know, are, are Googling Addison's, there's not a lot of information out there. That's the sad part too. So that's why I had to kind of really go into the depths of certain things and just wow. figure it out. And then, and that's where the networking began. And that's where I started sharing my story because I thought, you know what? I don't want anybody else having to be scared and feel like that this is a scary diagnosis. Or, I mean, it's definitely a life-changing one, but it shouldn't be scary for you because you can live a full life. You just have to learn to manage it properly. And that means listening to your body, uh, taking your medication at the right time, never missing a dose, uh, taking more when you are sick or injured and just, and really working very closely with your endocrinologist on what that life means for you. And unfortunately, not a lot of endocrinologists are aware of this disease or have true understanding. They know what it is, but it's, it's, it is not something that um, is very common. And so you have to make sure you find someone who's very knowledgeable about it. And I'm very fortunate that I do here in Charlotte have a great one. Do you feel that you have ever reached the point of just total acceptance and this is what it is? Or do you think that there's something inside you looking at your watch? Oh, I got it. It's time to take it. It's time to take, you know, I don't 10 minutes before and get overly worried. Do you think you've settled in yet? That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. I will tell you, I live by the clock. I do do that. Yeah. 
and I have accepted that this is what it is, but I okay. also know that I don't like the way I feel when I'm late taking my medicine. Okay. And so, like, for instance, I have to set an alarm. If I'm not already up, I have to take my medicine at seven of the dot every morning. Okay. And if it's the weekend and I'm happy or lucky enough to sleep in, I will set it for seven, take my medicine and go right back to bed. <laughs> but it's okay. set. It has to be set. And then I have four more times throughout the day where I take my medicine as well. So, yeah, I do. But, you know, I think about what the alternative is, and that means just being in pain and being yeah, sick. No. Yeah. So yeah. don't want to shut on anybody. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with uh, being so paranoid about a clock that it's right. time to take something. Those are good reasons um, to stay on this stuff. So I think, though, something as I was listening to you, uh, listen to you talk, Anessa, is I think you need to listen to yourself about back in 2013, it was dawning on you, you needed to go learn this, but you also at the same time, this is what I've heard, and this is my perception, is that that caring person was back there too. And that's kind of the thread that led you to uh, doing um, what you're doing with uh, all ability. You're doing the same thing. You're helping people. Yeah. You want to, you want to be aware, not just for yourself, but there's something you need to do it for yourself to satisfy something, a need to help. But also, you don't want to see someone else go through the same thing that you did. So you're trying to make it easier. And I, I see that there's a, there's definitely a, a line between those, those things. It ties right through you. So I don't know. I'm going to end it on I that. I agree. I would not now, put that together, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We, sometimes we have to self-reflect. And I tell you, uh, from I've, I'm coming up on, talk about anniversaries, I'm coming up on uh, 30 years after waking up from a month-long coma to learn that I wasn't going to be playing soccer anymore because I was now missing both hands and parts of both feet. I'm coming up on 30 years of being in this 30, situation. Wow. 30. Wow. Yeah. So- there are certain times, and that's why I asked you too, because I, I was wondering how you are, because I'm, as I'm getting more into the podcast, I'm learning about myself too. It's my own journey I've, mm -hmm. I found now that I'm listening to other people. And I think I could recognize, and you and I have something similar that we've gone through the same sort of thing. So we're going to shift gears mm -hmm. and start wrapping up the show. I've got five questions for you. I call the road trip roundup, and they're all related to you and your experiences with Road trips, okay? We've all been on road awesome. trips. I love Especially road trips. when you got kids. Oh heck yeah. So <laughs> and uh so the first question is when you're road tripping, Anessa, mm -hmm. do you tend to do fast food or local diners? Oh wow. So <laughs> this is always a bone of contention in our house. Go for it. We okay, so we when we travel we like to have one good meal. We try to anyway on the road. Yeah. And that for us is cracker barrel. Because we're oh, all right. in the South. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I, well, my husband loves it. And I like it because it's always consistent. I always get the, the salad with grilled chicken and it's never different. It's always the okay. same. I can count on it. My kids are over it. <laughs> And they're like, no, not Cracker Barrel again. But you know what? Here's the thing. You're going to get the same thing. You have an opportunity to walk around the gift shop, which is always fun because there's always mm -hmm. really cool stuff to look at. True. The old candy. You get, Do you find yourself picking up some of the it. candy you remember as a kid? Because they sell Absolutely. that stuff there. Yeah. 
they do absolutely yeah. and it's just you get to stretch your legs and walk around and you mm -hmm. get the same consistency and we love that although the kids are like please no please not again they would eat chick-fil-a every day of the week if we allowed it to once oh, again God. you guys in the south with your chick-fil-a yes <laughs> There are Chick-fil-A's uh, <laughs> sporadically ar around Wisconsin and in the Midwest. They're always so freaking busy if you, if you try to yes. go to one. They yes. do it right. I will they tell you, though, it's, uh, you know, they are doing a great job here in Charlotte, at least. They have rebuilt these Chick-fil-A's, so their drive through is just like the Indy 500. Oh, so they, they were around for a long so time. Fast. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. I wasn't, yeah. Hey, when I've been down in the South, uh, Waffle House... You guys do any Waffle Houses, or or do you think that's just for tourists? Mm -mm. No, I mean there are a lot of people that do it all the time, especially like if you're really hungry in the middle of the night. Uh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> but for me, that's a little too too much. It's too heavy for me, so I don't yeah. really go there very often. Yeah, I've just <laughs> one time I went down to did a road trip down to Florida. Oh, got to stop at a uh, Waffle House. Did it, and okay, been there, done that. That's okay now. All right, uh, question number two. Exactly. What's your dream car for a road trip? It could be something you had as a kid, something you had uh, once before with family, something you'd want to have. What's your dream car for a road trip? Could be something you could rent too. Yeah. Um, this is not exciting whatsoever. Honestly, it's a minivan. Isn't that terrible? But it is the that does best. Sound. I mean, come on. Road trip. <laughs> okay. Well, let me back up. When I was a kid, my grandparents were just adamant that we saw the country and they cool. bought this amazing huge this is okay this was early 80s to give you perspective so it's one of those old vans those big uh -huh. vans that had like a cb in it and it had <laughs> um if, like the like there's four seats and then the back there was like a cat or it wasn't a couch but it could lay down and we had the best time talking to the truck drivers in this van i mean we love go this there. car yeah <laughs> the best and then when i had my babies and we would do road trips especially down to florida having a minivan is a lifesaver for all that stuff you have to if take. you've got good speakers if you got a good stereo system because i went down there i raised five kids so i understood but oh, I, wow. it, when it was time to get it my dad cars it was no we're we're getting the up, upper level tunes i made darn sure that we were able uh, to do that so oh yeah smart yep very smart okay. yeah um, so that's that's my not very exciting answer I, no 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 but here's here's one thing i thought of if you're on the c cb radio you'd have to be in the front passenger seat yeah right this you'd is have the to 80s you could sit up front yeah i know i was gonna say <laughs> that too and in the back you could just lay in the back you know, and just maybe wrestle uh, Which with I siblings. Did. Uh huh. Of course you did, and you probably had <laughs> uh, uh, Cheetos laying around in the back, and things would get spilled, and you'd yell. Okay, now now it's taking me back to to all my family. All right. So after that, <laughs> uh, question number three: uh, last cassette or CD that played while you were on a road trip? Mm -hmm. Oh gosh! Come well, on. Here's the thing about that: when you have children, you don't get to pick and oh uh, all right all right so that doesn't count yeah all right that you wanted to listen to let's go there good good that point. i wanted to listen to that That's you wanted to point. listen to so yeah. uh -huh. gosh it's been a while since i've had a cd in my car yeah, i really they don't make got into anymore. like no and it's so sad because it was so much fun um 
I think probably the greatest hits, I had a, like a rotation between like Fleetwood Mac, Ooh. Journey, mm-hmm. uh, who else was in my rotation, my arsenal, um, the greatest hits of Alabama, okay. that Southern Root coming out there. Okay, there you go. So yeah, I would probably rotate between those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Now what's, what's going to happen is you're probably going to uh, look for some of those tunes tonight, you know, and you turn on Sirius and Sirius uh, XM radio. So Okay. That's uh, right. Number four, Coke or Pepsi? Oh my goodness. You don't even have to ask. It's you Coke, could say Dr. Friend. Pepper it, since you're from the South. So that, no, it is Coke and will always be Coke. And, you know, in the South, we have a funny saying that if you go to a restaurant and they say, what do you want to drink? And you say Coke, and then they'll say what kind, which means Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, you name mm-hmm. it. That's, that's mm-hmm. how, how big fans of Coke we are down here. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, well, isn't Coke based in Atlanta? Yes. It is. I think yes. So we're going to be getting that. Okay. All right. Last thing. I love asking this question because with my guests, I could just sense they're sitting back in their chair a little bit. They relax and they let their mind go. And the question is, what's your favorite road trip memory? I love this question because I have so many. I really do. And like I mentioned before with my grandparents, they traveled all over the country. And like my mom, she's been to all 50 states. That was just something that was instilled cool. in her. And I have several. Just pick a time of my life and I have several to choose from. You know, the first, I think, would be when I was probably six or seven. And we took a trip out west. I grew up in Tennessee. So for us to go out west was really big. It was for a family reunion. And I remember just, we were, we were gone for almost three weeks. And that was a huge trip. It was wow. a lot of fun. Yeah, this is summer of, wow, you know, early 80s. And then, um, so that part was awesome. And then when meeting my husband, our first trip together, we went to Disney World. That was so much fun. Well, Driving hang on a second. Hang on a second with that. How long were you guys going out together that one of you said, well, let's do Disney World. It's it's not so romantic. <laughs> But well, you, you know, if you're a kid at heart, it is. It's fun. Well, that's right. No, I'm all for it. I mean, I've been to all of those. I love them as, as an adult. I was the one that with five kids, um, I made six. And I would ride because they usually are two a piece. So oh, I would always go, uh-huh. oh, hell yeah, I'm going to go do that. Kid at heart, you bet. So I know I'm just picking yeah. on you because, okay. So which one? <laughs> Quick, tell me. I mean, just pick what? Throw a dart and where does it land? And tell us about it. The best road trip? Yeah. Just throw a dart. Boom. Landed on that one. What'd you do? Oh, gosh. I can't even do that. I'm trying to tell you. Like, I've had many. <laughs> <laughs> You're going through just, too many. Because it, no, it sounds okay, fantastic. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. I think it's great because you've, you have the, these experiences. And I'm trying to piece in the back yeah. of my, back of my mind is, is trying to formulate you as a person to go along with how much you care about people and what you went through with your father and all of these things. And you've had an amazing life so far. That's it's really cool. It's been a cool. wild ride. I will tell you that. Yeah. There you <laughs> For go. It's sure. been a great road trip. Yeah. Okay. Very yes, cool. I'm, I'm not going to over push you. So we're going to wrap it up here <laughs> for the folks, but you and I stay on for a minute because I want to pick your brain a little bit more. Okay. So we're just going to say good. bye. Thanks for listening. Check out previous episodes with new ones dropping each Tuesday. If you don't see a synopsis of this show where you're listening, visit our website at lifesaroadtrip.podbean.com 
for more information on this week's guest. This is your host, Scott Martin, reminding you that life's a road trip, 